Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. It always sounds weird when I say your name. Does it sound weird when you say my name? No. Ward. It's a weirder name than Eric, for sure. Weird Ward. Yeah, that's not the first time those two words have been smashed together. If you were a garbage pail kid back in the 80s, you would have been Weird Ward. There was a Ward garbage pail kid. What was he? I'm going to look it up super fast. Ward? I feel like Weird Ward would have been perfect. I I feel like it had to... uh, Montgomery Ward. Oh, that's good. Oh, no. Montgomery Ward Garbage Disposer. (laughs) Okay, hold on. You can keep talking, and I'll look this up. This is... um... Terrible I mean, content. this is the episode that we submit for the award. <laughs> Garbage pale kid. You know, while you're looking it look, up, look, you know, you go to a gift shop and you look for the keychain that has your name on it. Of course. There was never that for me. Yeah, of course. So when something like that would occur, there would be a garbage pail kid that actually had my name. It was a huge deal. What is going on with your video? You look like you're like in a a 64 Impala on hydraulics, just bouncing. Oh, I'm on my hotel room bed on a suitcase. You are are bouncing. A chair doesn't work? A chair for what, Eric? You just said you're on your hotel room bed bed bounce yeah okay so what then then i hold my laptop no i want to have it at eye level you there's no desk there's like there's like a coffee table that's down around my shins got it but look here it is warty ward warty ward warty that makes sense it is disgusting hold it against your chest i'll hold it against my chest there warty ward i like it it is so gross well look This is, if I could just, again, make the point that this is the kind of content that our title sponsor recognized as they got to be in business with us. And that's why we are powered by communitycars.com. Communitycars.com. I love the jingle. It makes me happy every single time. I love how you edit it too with the fade out and we talk over it. That's very well done. It feels very professional. Uh, it, It makes it easier, honestly. I can be much less precise where we come back in. I was so happy uh, this weekend with my car 
I had a, a big thing from my garage that I had to throw away. I loaded that thing in the car and still had room for all the kids. And I had a lot of kids this weekend. More than usual? Yeah, I had Holly's kid was here. Uh, I was driving around some friends of kids to various things. And that Chevrolet Suburban that I got from communitycars.com, I built it to every single spec that I wanted. They built it with California emissions, by the way, even though it's coming from an Indiana dealership. They delivered it to my house. It was here in like, after it got delivered to Indiana, it was here in like a week. I mean, it was, this guy must have just taken off and driven it across the Rockies on a truck and just dropped it off at my house at my doorstep. It was phenomenal. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also a humidor and an ejector seat. (laughs) I was like, is there a humidor? (laughs) There could be, there's room for one. That's a good idea. I should put a humidor in the, you know what board? Armrest console. Armrest. I'm going to do that. I have a little humidor I can put there. Bottom line, community cars. If you want to call to get your car, you call them. If you want to order your car online, you order it online. If you want to go in old school, chum it up with the old sales guy, convince people that you're really good at negotiating. Great. But you don't really have to negotiate with them because they give you the best price they can give you because they want to sell you a car and they make it easy for you. The paperwork is the worst part about a car, right? That is the worst part about buying a car. Absolutely. The paperwork came to me with just notes, just sign, sign, sign. I did it. It came with a self-addressed stamped envelope, put it in, sent it back, done. Easiest thing in the world. Community cars, a friend of the community, a friend of this show, a friend of Indiana University basketball. Nice, buddy. Not bad, huh? (laughs) Cha-ching! Eerily professional. (laughs) All right, man. Well, look. You and I got on the horn yesterday, Twitter spaces. We did a live chat in the wake of some big IU basketball news that broke yesterday, basically at the same time. And those two headlines were, of course, that Thad Mata had left his position as assistant athletic director of bullshit. Let's just be honest with each other. Yeah, and, that. and Xavier Johnson arrested uh and charged with i want to make sure i get it right reckless driving and resisting law enforcement and the we'll get into those details in a second but let's just do we're 24 hours later after the thad mata news you and i were kind of on the same page yesterday when we chatted about it where are you at with the thad mata news yeah i just don't think it affects our basketball program really in any noticeable way i think Anybody who was in and around the program said, hey, that was a a great smiling face to have walking down the hallway, but it really doesn't seem like he had much, if any, impact on what was happening with the team last year at all. Um, That's just the way it was. He was there before Coach Woodson got in. Coach Woodson came in and said, I'm going to do my thing my way. Um, So to me, it, it remains, it's like, Oh, uh, it was nice to be able to say we have somebody of that stature uh, around the program. Uh, Practically, I don't think there was that much impact beyond optics. And now I think the biggest impact is we're going to be recruiting against this guy. And, you know, potentially depending on how schedules shake out in the coming seasons, um, actually going up against him. And I don't like that. I much would rather have Thad Mata be sort of a... uh, a figure in the background at Indiana University than uh, a direct competitor, which he certainly now is. 
All right, so let's move on to the next issue. Xavier Johnson arrested. A lot's been said online. What's your take? Having a date to digest it, I I don't care that much about my take or kind of anybody else's besides really Coach Woodson's and Scott Dolson's, you know? And I think whatever speculation or rumors or gossip we hear about what happened, whatever happened with Northwestern and all that kind of stuff, I just feel like it's sort of invading somebody else's life and I'm not here for that. I guess that's where I'm at. And I get like where it is important to us and to people about how it affects the program, you know, on the court and just sort of the, let's say the prestige of, of the program or of, of the Indiana brand. I get why people are concerned about that. I think that's valid, but just sort of digging into all this stuff off the court. I don't want to. Yeah, I want to just clarify one thing. We did a spaces yesterday and there were a lot of people throwing out rumors and stuff, which is the danger of doing those things. And one person who's a friend of ours uh, said something like, you know, implying that X had gotten in trouble at Pittsburgh and that this was a pattern. And the truth is X left Pittsburgh because he was not happy with the basketball situation at all. But as far as I know or anybody in the public knows, and I looked around, X never got in trouble at Pittsburgh. He was never, there was never any public suspension. There was no scrapes with the law, none of that. So he left and wasn't happy with the basketball situation, but I, I don't want it to, to characterize like there's this long history of him getting in trouble uh, that dated back to another school. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we, you know, we said a lot yesterday. Uh, I like X, gotten to know him a little bit. I, I like him, he's made some mistakes. I hope he learns from them and, you know, it's, it's up to somebody else to make the decision about what happens. I do think our team is better if X is there next year. Um, I also think there's a chance that this isn't even Woody's decision. I think there's a chance that this is IU's decision beyond him, like athletic department slash disciplinary people at the university level because it does involve law enforcement. So there's a chance that Woody doesn't even have a say in it truthfully. Totally. That's a great point. And, and I I think it sort of reverts back to this impulse of due process, right? That we're never going to have all the facts or know everything, nor would I want those really, honestly, I'm, I'm just way more into the game of basketball. Um, And so you kind of have to trust the the process to take its course and that whoever is in charge of this, whoever's going to be leading, looking into what should or shouldn't be done is, is fair and has what's best in mind for both the university, the program and for X and, you know, his future. Um, but it's like, uh, let that run its course and, and then move on. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, cause I think maybe that Twitter spaces was a little eye opening for me of where suddenly we had real time sort of gossip that we found out quite quickly was not accurate. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, putting stuff out to where, you know, hundreds of people who then might turn and tell other people what they heard. I don't know. I don't know. I get it. Like, especially if you're talking with friends, you know, or a small group text, 
but especially taking it out onto public message boards or stuff like Twitter spaces, I just don't think it's fair, cool to, to do mass speculation. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out over the next who knows how long. I mean, this thing may take a while for it to totally play out. Uh, Let's look to the future Mm. a little bit with our podcast today, which is exciting. We love being able to do this. And we interviewed this young man a few days ago and we're blown away by him. So let's just get to it. What a name. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know what we do here on the Hoosier Hysterics? Generally, what we're known for is talking to Hoosier greats of the past. A little bit more lately, we've been talking to current Hoosiers. And now today, my friends, we were talking to a future Hoosier, a soon-to-be Hoosier, somebody we cannot wait to become an official Hoosier. Eric, who are we talking to? Hailing from the great state of Indiana, in the heart of Indiana, in Indianapolis, Indiana, where he attended Lawrence North High School. He is a two-time All-MIC player, a two-time All-Marion County, a 22 IBCA first team, All-Academic, All-State, which I'm sure his parents are especially proud of. 2021 IBCA Supreme 15 underclassmen, 2021 Indiana All-Star, 21-22 Hoosier Basketball Magazine All-Star, two-time Marion County champ, 1920 MIC Conference Sectional Champ, 2021 Sections, Regions, and Semi-State Champ, 2021 State Runner-Up, 70 and 12 high school record, 70 and 12. His senior year, which was cut a little bit short and abbreviated because of an injury that he was coming back from, but he came in like a ball of fire where he averaged 23.5 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.5 steals. My favorite stat, 52.8% from field goal, uh, total field goal percentage, and 37.4% from three, which is just music Mm. to our ears. He had four 30-point games this year. His team did lose in the sectional championship this year. He is a finalist for Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana, and maybe most importantly, which we just learned, he was Sebastian in The Little Mermaid back in eighth grade. <laughs> We're going to get into that. Please welcome the man himself, the big time recruit coming to Indiana next year, CJ Gunn. CJ, how are you, sir? You're on spring break. What What do you do spring break senior year? Um, Just, well, for me, just trying to find that mixture in between hanging out with my friends and and staying dedicated to the game and staying in the gym. But I think me and my family, we about to go to New York on Wednesday. So I'm gonna try to just live in the moment, enjoy that time with them. That's gonna be great. Is there something you're most looking forward to in New York? Um, Shopping. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like spending money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whose money are you spending though? That's the problem. I, I, I got two jobs, man. I got two jobs. So, what do you do? What are your jobs? Uh, I train up at Shoot 360 and also um, train with um, M14, the people who actually train me. I help them out with the younger kids in, in high schoolers and stuff like that. So just staying in the gym, especially with my job, just always being in there. I love, I love that. Now, I now, love do you, that. Do you find by teaching the game, you you also learn the game? Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, using this opportunity to just work with little kids and, and just have that energy and teaching the game, I feel like it's going to help me a lot with becoming more of a leader on the floor and with, with my teammates. How long have you been working? I love that you have real jobs. How long have you been doing that? Um, I, I applied probably about two, two months ago. 
That's great. And was this a suggestion of uh, your parents that it was time to get your little butt a job? Yeah, my my sister actually she told me about the about the job, and so I was like, yeah, I, I want to work so I can make my own money, spend it on some shoes. So I so I so I went up there, and then my trainer recommended me for M14 just to just to be with him and learn learn the game on a deeper on a deeper level. So I do have trouble uh, imagining how you have time being being a high school senior being in the middle of a basketball season up until like a week ago and taking on this job. Like, how do you, how do you organize your life to get all this stuff done and still have time to go shopping for shoes? <laughs> so I just basically try to just plan my schedule ahead. Like for the month of April, I'm pretty much training five days a week, working four days, four days a week. And I just stack those training sessions up. So I'll go with Nick um, one day and then probably do Roby. Courtney Roby was actually IU alone. Yeah, football, football yep. player. Yep, I work with him on my speed, strength, and conditioning. So I, I'm with him uh, later on in the day. All right, well, let's just jump into some Indiana red meat here. So how often are you talking to the coaching staff right now? And who is your – do you have a main point of contact? And I apologize if that main point of contact is someone who recently left the staff. But But who are you talking to? And what is the content of most of those conversations right now? Um, so pretty much I talk to uh, Coach Woody, Coach Hunter, and Coach Walsh all pretty all pretty evenly, probably weekly, um, just checking in on them. Like it was Coach Woody's birthday the other day, so I, I made sure to contact him. And so it just it just consists of good conversations. Just um they just flow real easily, um, talking, just them getting to know me, me getting to know them, and us just talking about the future. And how much is it personal, just getting to know each other outside of basketball, and how much are they harping on you about this part of your game or that part of your game yeah so they they, they do a lot they do a lot of both um obviously I think it, it's important to build a relationship deeper than basketball between the player and the coach so I, I love that connection that I have with them but they also try to they're also like that father figure and sort of speaks and giving me um advice with with basketball and they they have the 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 background where I need to listen so I, I definitely make sure to listen to them so what are the things, because obviously you're a gym rat, you like working on your game, you're, you're, you're busting your butt to get better. What are the things that they're telling you, uh, the things you maybe don't want to hear the most? Like, what are the things that they're on you to be prepared for when you hit the ground running, when you come into Bloomington just in a few months? Yeah, so they, they just tell me how much of a, um, how much of a change it is, especially speed-wise speed and and I just need to get my body uh, prepared for that. So that's what I'm going to really work on uh, these next two months before before the first week of June when I head down there is just preparing my body and with Roby, trying to get stronger and, and become physically physically better. It, it's no secret that you are a slim guy. You know, you're in, I would say, in good shape, uh, <laughs> unlike me, who's the opposite of that. I'm trying to get there. Uh, and I think most of the talk about you has been, like, gaining weight. Right. We've got to put some weight on that frame. So is that a focus right now? And if so, what are you doing? What foods are you just housing on a daily basis to put on some calories and put on some pounds? Yeah. So really, really, pe people, people really think I, I weigh less than, than I do just because of my frame. But I'm, I'm pretty much around 195. So, okay. yeah. So I, I don't I probably I think before I go down there, I want to get to just stay in that 195, 200 range. But I just want to make it more more muscle mass. So I just I like that. I try to eat like three, four meals a day, a lot of protein with the protein shakes after each workout and stuff like that. Okay. 
you know, you've probably heard, maybe there's whispers around the state of Indiana that uh, the Hoosiers haven't been really good at shooting the basketball for about five <laughs> or six years, right? Maybe you heard. Um, and obviously you're pretty good at shooting the basketball. What, I mean, you do you understand the expectations from, I don't know, is it from the coaching staff? Are they talking to you about it? Have you heard from crazy fans like us? Like, we need you to get down there and fill up that hoop immediately. Are you are you aware of that? What are you doing to prepare for that? Yeah, so I, I, de- I definitely uh, noticed that this year, but um, I feel like um, I, I have full confidence in myself and, and I, I love the game so much. And I, I know I shoot too many shots a day to where my shots is going to completely go away. So I think I think when I get down there, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do exactly what the people are asking me to do. Now, right, is how, that how something many? where you will – will you tweak your shot like this summer? Or is your shot what it is and you just need to get the repetition? Do you have a shot doctor? How do you how do you approach that part of it? Um, I feel like my shot is pretty much just – it's going to be my – there's no more changing it. It's just all about reputation or repetition and – and making it consistently, but that also comes with my job because I work at Shoot 360 with the with the guns, and they tell you uh, what you need to work on with your shots. So that's also why I just try to surround Wait, myself. With the game. What is that? Tell us what that is. What do you mean with the guns, and they tell you what your shot is? Tell us is what that, that is. Is that your whole family? The guns, guns? all stand around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, at, at my job, it's kind of they have they have the guns set up uh, where they where it just passes you out the ball, but it also tell it also calculates your arc, your depth. And um, your right or left, and it and it tells you um, all that when you shoot the ball, and so so you can really look at that and, and try to correct your shot using using the information it's giving. Wow, that's very cool. Um, how cool is it? Do you ever take a step back to 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 thank your parents and and specifically your father for giving you the last name Gun and you're a shooter? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Like you do realize how cool that is, right? Definitely. I- I, I've been on my last name. I've loved my last name for as long for forever. So it, it's just a coincidence, man. Yeah, it's it's different being a shooter when your name is CJ Gunn than if your name is Eric Pankowski. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So I just gave it up early because I knew the name. I just you know it was never going to sound good. Um, I was going to be a shooter, man. That's why. That's that's what you were. Me. How many shots are you taking a day? What's a good day? How many shots do you want to get up in a day? And more importantly, how many shots do you want to make in a day? Um, I want to shoot about about seven hundred shots a day and make probably about well when I'm shooting when I'm shooting with no um, with no defense, I, I aim to shoot over seventy uh, percent. All right. So let's say you went into an empty gym and you've got a hundred threes. You're just going to go around the arc and shoot a hundred threes. How many do you have to make so that you could leave the gym happy that day? No defense, set shots, getting a pass right in the shooting pocket. 80. I like okay. that a lot. Okay. And how about if you shot 100 free throws? All 100. Okay. Free throws are free. So you got you to gotta, you gotta knock those down. Have you ever made 100 in a row? <laughs> I've never tried. I've never tried. Oh, okay. I, just, I really just try to aim for like 20, 20, 25. Okay. I love it. Okay. All right. So walk us through what it's like to be, you're a big time recruit coming in. You haven't stepped foot as a student yet in Bloomington, but you're watching your future teammates, many of them grind out this end of the season where they were left for dead. Then they go to the big 10 tournament. Were you able to make any of those games in Indianapolis? I wasn't actually, I wasn't I just with school and everything. I just didn't have time to schedule. 
but I assume you were watching and following. What was it like? Were you were you texting some of your future teammates? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I, def- I definitely text um, some of my teammates before the game and just tell them to to lock in and and I, I need them to to be go be great out there. So it's just amazing to see them and knowing that I'm gonna be right right there next to them next year. It's a, it's a blessing. Let let me ask you this. It's circling back a little bit. We we all know about the shooting aspect. What's something about your game that we're going to be surprised by when we see you show up in the fall? Um, I feel like I feel like uh, mostly everybody uh, thinks of me, and the first thing they think about is my shooting. But um, I, I can get up a little bit too, most definitely. Yeah. So I think we can. I, I'm definitely going to put on the show in Assembly Hall with the two. Oh, what is your single favorite play to make in basketball? Your single favorite thing to do on the basketball court in a game? What is it? Definitely dunk on somebody. That's definitely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, All right let's let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back. Um, we just got to spend a little time with your father, lovely man. Uh, it sounds like mom's the boss of your household there. What was, what was it like growing up and still growing up in the gun household, if we're being honest? And, and how did you find the game of basketball? Um, so actually I've been playing basketball since I was about two years old, just at the wall and stuff like that. So me and my sister is basically the sport me, we both fell in love with. So it's just amazing to have both parents in the house and, and just recognizing how much of a blessing that is to have them both support me and my sister and just, um, living in the moment, enjoying enjoying the little things with them, and just they they support us, and, and they're our number one fans. They're at every game, every practice, every every everything. So I couldn't ask for none none better. I have a feeling talking to your dad for like two minutes that he's your number one fan, but also he doesn't let you get a big head. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I try I try I try not to try not to get a big head. I just because at one point I I wasn't I wasn't a top recruit. I wasn't. Top, top, top this, top this. Uh, one, everybody has to start somewhere, and that was me. So I just try to stay in that mindset and try to just stay hungry, and because I know my spot's gonna be earned, not given next year. So I try to just stay in that, in that underdog mindset. And give this real quick. Give us the family uh, situation. Your sister, how many years separate you? What's her name? Uh, two years, and her name's Lauren. Lauren, and two years older, or she's two years younger? She's two years older. She's too, so does she play? Is she like very protective of you? Is that the kind of relationship that you guys have? Yeah, she 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 definitely is. She definitely when she when she, she's in college now, but when she can make some most of my games, she she makes sure to drive down here. But it but I love her. That, that's my best friend. I, I got her name tied on me actually. So wow, I got a whole tattoo tributed to her. So oh, that's really sweet. That's really sweet. I mean, painful but sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like a 6-5 shooting guard from Indianapolis named Mike Woodson. Yeah. What? How did you guys, like, that had to be a big part of, like, whatever connection you have. Like, because you were recruited by another coach to begin with. And so then, then the transition of, of you being recruited by Indiana University, it's now a new coach at the top of the program who's recruiting you. How did that transition go? And what kind of connection do you have with Woody because of the kind of player you are and where you're from? Um, I, the, the transition was actually really smooth. Um, when I first met him, he kind of gave me that, um, that, that dad coach kind of vibe. So he kind of reminded me of my dad to where – he he wants to see he wants me he wants me to succeed, but he also is not afraid to criticize me and tell me the things I need to work on. So 
I feel like just my parents kind of handed me off to him. I, I put my full faith in him that he's going to give me where I want to go and that he's going to make me the best player possible. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that recruiting transition in a minute, but you started playing the game at two. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of playing with your sister as well. Uh, there was, and she was probably beating the hell out of you when you were younger and she was bigger than you. Uh, when did you realize it wasn't just you playing around and this is a fun game, but this is something that you're really good at and, and something you got to kind of dedicate yourself to. Do you remember when that happened for you? Yeah. So it, I would say it was kind of split into two moments. Um, third grade, um, with Tay Davis. Commits. Yeah, sure. Yep. He, um, he actually put me on the AAU scene cause we, we, we grew up, we grew up together. So in third grade, we both joined game time. And that was the first time I really got to experience the AAU season and all that stuff. But then in sixth grade, that's when I started training with Nick, with Nick at M14. And that's when I really, really noticed that I really wanted to take my game to the next level. So that's that seems quite young for me. You were saying Ward is still trying to figure out at 43 what it is that he's good at. So he's still <laughs> trying to figure it out. And it's clearly not podcasting because you see the company I keep. You know, it's like, <laughs> you want to play with players who are better than you to improve your game? And I'm, no. I'm slumming it. We both think we're better than the other, which is why it makes us feel good about each other. <laughs> great entertainment, great entertainment. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Our pain is other people's uh, entertainment. We get it. Um, you're, you're recognizing that young that you wanted to really focus on this, like beyond what normal kids who even want to go play basketball in high school. Uh, but you said you weren't highly recruited early on. Um, when did when did you start to see that happening to guys around you and and how did that fuel you even more? Um, it definitely um, just looking at everything's posted on social media, especially back then and in and, and it today. But um, just seeing everybody's success, uh, I try I try to stay away from that and just try to just focus on myself because I know it's it's all um, it's a marathon. So. I just try to stay patient and wait, wait for my opportunity to come. And, and sure enough, it came. It came along just with my work, that work ethic. And so that I think that really that, just staying, staying low just kind of got me where I'm at today. Well, before you were playing on the biggest stages of basketball uh, greatness in the state of Indiana and soon to be Assembly Hall, there were some other stages that you were playing on. We mentioned it in the intro. We did hear that you were in the choir and you were – what character were you in The Little Mermaid? <laughs> Sebastian. Yes. Could you give us just even the hook of Under the Sea? Just one verse? You got it. I mean, my, my, on, voice, my voice got, my, my voice got uh, a little deeper from back then. I don't know if I get those notes anymore. Though. <laughs> that's a weak excuse, man. That is so weak. It's smart. It's smart, but it's weak. All right. But tell us, you went to Carnegie Hall in New York City and performed. Did you perform Little Mermaid at Carnegie Hall? Uh, the, little, the little memory was more of like a school eighth grade play. Okay, but fifth grade, I went to Carnegie Hall with uh, I think it's called YVI Young Voices of Indiana. So, and I sang, I sang there. What Were did you, you sing? A, yeah, what'd you sing? I, I forgot by now, but it was it was a lot of stuff. I, I I can't remember. Was singing something that you were really into? Like, was that something that that you loved doing? Um, it was just something that I was good at when when I was younger. My my music teacher always said I could sing, so. It was kind of a why not thing, just making memories. So, so do you still sing like in in the shower, shooting hoops in the car, casually? 
all the time, all the time. <laughs> and what, what are you cool. singing? Like, what do you, you sing? You make up your own songs or you, are you like, like, who do you like? What are you, what's in the rotation? So my artist that's in rotation is mostly uh, Rod Wave, Lil Dirk, G Herbo. But um, I do, I do. Me and my friends, we always, we always freestyle all the time. So that's kind of how we just have fun. We just get in the car, turn on a beat and just have fun and just say whatever. Are you the best of your friends? Do you have the best flow? Nah, 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 not even close. Not even close. <laughs> I'm more of a singer, not a rapper. So they, they got, they got, they got the flows down pack. Actually, on my um, on my most recent post on Twitter and Instagram, my friend was actually the he sang he sang he sang the song um that was behind the, the mixtape. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. So, so they'll they'll do the verses and bring you in to sing the hook. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nice. I like it. Now you are an Indiana kid. You are going to Bloomington. Are you familiar with the artist John Cougar Mellencamp? I'm not. It does sound familiar. All right. This is a failing on your parents' part. <laughs> I am blaming your dad, Chris. I am blaming your mom. This is messed up. We are so old, dude. I know. We, we are, are so, so old, old and we are so uncool. I mean, by the way, Ward, my favorite, I wish we could play it back. When CJ was listing the artists that are in his rotation, the looks on both of our faces. Just totally blank. Yeah. Blank I mean, just, just like, it was just mouth noises at that point. Oh, we didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Little Dirk. Yeah. Yeah, that's my guy. Um, all right, well, you need to get some John Cougar Mellencamp, and then once you do that, Billy Joel. But that's a different story. Don't worry about Billy Joel. That's a, no, that's a non-starter. But John Mellencamp, <laughs> He you he'll probably be in attendance at some of your basketball games. And when we were even younger than you, right? When we were like eight years old, he was the biggest rock star in the United States of America. And you've heard his songs. You know his songs. You don't know you know his songs, but you know like two or three of his songs. Because if you live in the state of Indiana, oh, Eric's gonna do this thing where he plays songs off his phone over Zoom. <laughs> we can't hear anything. I know that song. I definitely heard that song before. Jack and Diane. All right, just a little something for you. Just a little something. Well, what about movies and TV? What do you like in movies and TV? You have time for any of that? Um, yeah, I, I mostly I don't usually watch TV like that unless it's just catching up on on games. But uh, I Video? definitely I, I watch TV when I eat. So I watch uh, pretty much. Just uh, Fresh Prince. That's that's probably up there. And my old school or the new one, both of them. I I think both of them are good. But I don't think anything beats the original. So correct. I will say this: that the gentleman who is the showrunner in charge of the television show, the top creative of the new Bel Air, he's from Indianapolis. Hey, you learn something new every day. There you go. go. There. Here's a little piece of trivia on the old Fresh Prince when you're watching it. Because it was Will's first time acting and he didn't know what he was doing, he was so nervous that he would memorize the entire script, not yeah. just his lines, but everyone's lines. And if, you, and if you watch him, you can He's see him same. mouthing the lines <laughs> of the other people. It's really great. It's really great. Okay, so... Uh, we got a little bit of, of TV. We understand music. All people that Ward and I are, are big fans of. Um, <laughs> favorite foods. Give us your favorite foods. Like if your parents aren't telling you what to eat, what are you going to throw down the, the pie hole? 
mangoes, mandarin oranges, and my favorite all-around food is probably hibachi, Japanese food. Mm. Yes. And you go, what are you, chicken, steak, shrimp? Which one? Um, I switch up between steak and shrimp sometimes, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so have you gotten down to, to Bloomington much? Like, you've gone down for some games. We hear reports you're down there. Do you really have an understanding of the food scene in Bloomington? Um, I, I've been out, out to eat a couple times with just the coaches and some of my teammates down there, but I've heard I've heard they got multiple choices. In, and so what I've heard, like, Buffalo's is great. I go down there every day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Buffalo's. Have they ever taken you to Little Zagreb's? Like, when you had your official visit, do you remember what, the, like, the nice restaurant they took you to is? Yeah, I can't I can't remember what it, what it was called. Malibu Grill, probably. Yep, that's exactly where we went. Yeah, the go-to, the go-to. I mean, it's not our go-to. It's good, it's good, but Little Zagreb's is this. All right, let's get off this for a second. You talked about that the thing you love the most on the basketball court is rising up and just posterizing somebody. That's mine, too. That's always been my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) When was the first time you dunked the basketball? Any And not in a game, just any time, first time you dunked, Give us that memory. Um, it was the summer going into freshman year. It was me and my one of my uh, day one friends. His name's Stevo. Um, he he threw me a lob uh, after I got done training with Nick at M14, and and I, I just went up there and I banged it. And I was, I was ecstatic, ecstatic. <laughs> you lost your mind, and I bet Stevo lost his mind, right? It definitely got po- got posted on the media about a few minutes later. <laughs> I love it. I and love so it. then, then has the dam broken, and you can just dunk anytime you want, all the time, and and that's what you're doing for like the next six weeks. You're just dunking all the time because you can now. Yeah, you know, that, that that's definitely how it goes. Every, every time I get a basketball in my hands, I'm gonna try to dunk it from there. On up. <laughs> I love it. All right, so there's no secret that basketball in the state of Indiana is everything. You played at a powerhouse school. You played in high-profile games. Give us. Um, your favorite memory now that your high school career is is sadly over without that that state championship that I know you were going for. But what is the moment or two moments that you look back on as your favorite moments of your high school career? Um, I think the the first one I say is just going to state, just because it's an opportunity not too many people get, and uh, I enjoyed it. And even though we lost, it, it's still. I, it's still amazing to me that how we came together as a team and, and just achieve achieved getting getting there. But then my my second one would be my uh, sophomore year when I got hurt and I came back in sectionals and and I came back and hit my first shot and and everybody was just going crazy and it was just the love that that was being shown was was amazing. It's something I'll never forget. In this long journey you've been on, because you know what we're talking about, second, third grade, you started taking this pretty seriously, and 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 training outside of the the normal paths by sixth grade. So here you are, a senior in high school, but in the semifinal of the sectional, what is it that you score thirty eight points? Yeah, semifinal. And and like just for your own. I guess like a satisfaction, right? In terms of like what, because you know, it wasn't just given to you. You weren't so naturally gifted that you were going to be like a five-star with offers from every major school. You're like, I am grinding out my opportunities. And you guys did win that game. Like how, how good that did that feel to know that your own growth contributed in such a huge way to your team's success? 
um, it's it's an amazing feeling just um becoming becoming that leader on the floor and just leading leading my brothers to to that victory. But it was sad because at the same time, the same person who put me on in third grade, Tay, Tay Davis, is actually who we we had one of us had to end each other's high school career that day. So mm-hmm. it, it, I, I sad for him, but you know that's my boy it's for life. So well, I mean. They can't really be your boys if you're playing at Indiana and they're not, just so you know. You just yeah. got to hate them all. They're not my boy. It's not my boys in between the lines. It's, it's, it's a, Fair it's enough. Clearly, Fair enough. I mean, you smoked them for 38 points. There's like no blood loss there. So talk to us about when Indiana came into the picture for you. Obviously, it was the prior staff with Archie and, and Tom Ostrom and, and that staff. But what was your first interaction with them? Uh, what do you remember about how they approached you and said that they were interested in you uh, coming to Indiana? Um, so I think I think it was about the, I think the second Zoom call is when they is when they offered me and just just hearing those words come out of his mouth and just knowing that um, now that I have Indiana on my on my uh, what's it called I, I, I don't know what to call it but basically I have an Indiana offer is just just amazing. I remember my parents they just started breaking down crying as soon as it happened. And it's oh. just. It's just an amazing uh, feeling just knowing that I'm making them proud and, and I'm living out my dream. Were you a fan of any school in particular? I mean, we all, and I want to go back a little bit, like who the players were that you watched growing up and who you maybe patterned your game after. But were you a fan of Indiana University basketball? It's not been the most successful since you were a kid. But uh, were you a fan of Indiana? And, and who were you a fan of? Um, so I didn't, I didn't really watch Indiana basketball like that growing up because my mom, uh, she, she loved, she went to Duke. So, so is she losing her mind right now about them in the final four? Is she like ecstatic? Yeah, she, she's definitely, she's definitely tuned into every Duke game. So she's, that's what she's probably going to be doing in the living room for the next couple of days, just sitting there watching them. That's hard. That's a hard thing for us to hear. That's a hard thing for us to hear. But uh, that's okay. It also well, your means your dad she's... seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> also means that your mom is so much smarter than us. That's what that means. But Duke is our number two school now. She, right. I, yes. All right. So, so she went to Duke. So, did you grow up rooting for Duke a little bit because of your mom and they because they were so good and had so many incredible players? Yeah. Once the, they would come to uh, Indiana for the for the um, tournament. And so we, we would pretty much go uh, some years and go watch them play. Sure. Now, how about when we can veer into the professional ranks here, and Eric alluded to it, but growing up or even now, what players, you know, okay, are you a Pacers fan or whatever, or who are the players you really look at their game and be like, mm, I want to use that. Oh, that player over there, I could do that. Who, who are your influences and who inspires you? Um, who inspires me? My favorite player is um, Damian Lillard. Mm. And that's that's who my favorite player is just because I, I like I like his game and the way he approaches the game and, and his mentality. But um, I really look at uh, Jason Tatum's game. He, Ooh, he, I like that. He, he has stuff that you can that you can just break down and analyze and you can you can I put into my game sometimes. Is that what you do? Will you watch a guy on an NBA game and go, oh, that's a move that he goes to that I don't have in my game. And then you just hit the gym and try to add it. Definitely is uh, me and me and my me and Nick. We send each other uh, plays on Instagram back and forth, and so just let me know what I'm about to be training that day, or we'll work on some, and then he'll send me a video of a professional player doing it and and show me how it's supposed to look. And so that you have to be a student of the game for sure. 
Uh, the step back three, which is something that did not exist when Ward and I were in high school. I mean, it really didn't, right, Ward? I mean, it never, you never saw that, did you? I mean, I, I sort of brought it out earlier than most. Sure, but sure. Yeah, it, you were the it, one it that really got it. It really picked started. up steam till later. Right. So it didn't exist. And it's obviously <laughs> such a huge part of the game now. Is that something that's part of your game? Do you work on that? Definitely. I definitely work on that. Um, just being being on six six and in the shooting guard, you have to be be able to score on all three levels. So that's why I try to just perfect perfect my game. All right. Now no BS. Are you really six six or is this like I'm six six when I wear three inch padded t shirt tennis nah, shirts? Because I I've been going around like just seeing on Twitter everybody says I'm six five, but that that was a that was a few years ago. I, I definitely didn't grow some I'm definitely around six six now. And what about the wingspan? Around. You said around 6'6". Six, because six. I, might, I might be 6'7". Oh. oh, now that I like. See, if I was 6'6", six, six, if I was anywhere around that, I'd be measuring myself every day. I'd be like, I'm 6'6.2 six, six today. <laughs> I like, and I would be reporting it. Uh, what's the wingspan? 6'8", um, I, I believe. Last All right, that's I'm, good. You're plus. You're you plus there. Official. Yeah, when I went out you on my official, they said I was 6'6", six, six and I had a wing. He's been a six eight. They put you on the wall down there by the training room. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe I was minus. <laughs> I'm six one with a wingspan of five two. <laughs> not not good length. Um, um wait, you I just wanted to talk. You you talked about scoring at all three levels, right? Um, and so in that, when like let's talk about mid-range, right? Because it seems to me like there's been so much emphasis on three-point shooting. And then, okay, are you, you know, are you Trace Jackson Davis and you're getting it all from down in the post? But when you look at, like, say, a player like Devin Booker, you know, or or Stoudemire, to, maybe to a lesser degree, this resurgent in the mid-range game. Are you, are you, you feel pretty good about, like, your mid-range jumper? Can you, can you stop and pop? Yes, sir. Um, I think, uh, I think mid-range it's just a, it's kind of like a lost art. Everybody's falling in love with the three and, and dunking the ball. But um, the mid range, I think, is very important to the game. Just it, it throws, throws a defender off. And I think with my elevation, I, I, re, I really developed my mid range shot where it became consistent and, and a big part of my game. What's your well, vertical? I actually haven't tested because when we tested at school, uh, I was in the boot at the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. Okay. all right. Aaron, so last, year, last year, it was 32. Last year. <laughs> 32 what? <laughs> Eric's is uh, 17. I don't, think, I don't think it was that high. I don't think it was that high. Mine was 18. Mine you was know, I think you had me beat. Eric's. I think you had me beat by two inches. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't that much. It was like but, an inch. But what they didn't tell us was afterwards, they measured us in centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So um, talk to me about your range. The, the game has so changed. You know, when the three-point shot came into college basketball, which was 1987, and then became a thing in, you know, high schools across the country, really, I just remember that, like, I was coached, get as close to the line as you can, because the closer you get, the shorter the distance is. Why make it harder on yourself? And now it seems like that is, like, so old-school logic. Now it's like, you have to be able to shoot four or five feet behind the line because that spreads the court more, puts more pressure on the defense. What's your range like? And when you're practicing, like when you're working on your shot, where are you shooting from? Do you, do you actually work on four and five feet behind the line and then step up? Tell, walk us through that. 
So just when I walk in the gym, I always just warm up with just uh, mid-range shots and, and shooting in the paint, just getting my form form um, form together. But I did, uh, when I shoot threes, I, most, I mostly shoot NBA threes, just trying to work on my range. And I, I feel like when, if I work on them and I make them consistent, then the, the threes that I actually do need to shoot are going to feel like mid-ranges. So it just, mm. it definitely helps. Can you shoot from like, have you, do you go out there and do some Dame shots like from the logo? Like, do you screw around and try to do those? Yeah, so I, I fit some of the game this year. I fit definitely in some of the game this year. You, you shot some logo shots in high school? Around, around their volleyball line logo around there. Was it, was time running out or you, were you just messing with the other team at that point? Just whenever I let the ball go, I think it's going in. So if I, if I feel, if I feel comfortable enough to shoot the shot, then. I'm, I'm definitely comfortable enough thinking it's going, it's going to go in, go in. Okay, so this has a salivating. Again, we talked about the shooting situation in Bloomington, that we're all really excited that you're going to be down there. Uh, but what got this IU team to put together a couple of amazing wins in the Big Ten tournament and a win against Wyoming in the NCAA tournament, you know, and really about every win this season was defense. Coach Woody took this mixed bag of players, he just showed up and gathered them around and got some transfer portal guys and made the best defense in the Big Ten overnight. Like, what has he talked to you about defense? What have you seen from his defense? Like, how how is that defense so good and how are you going to be a part of it? Um, I think I think his defensive plan is amazing. Just the amount of pressure he puts on the ball, um, 94 feet, even on the point guard, and just um, – all the all the deflections and, and interruptions the defense causes. I think I, I definitely fit into that system perfectly, especially with my with my height and my length and being able to guard pretty much the one through three. And so I, I feel like that 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 definitely be that definitely helps. I get the sense. I mean, you, you're such a good young man. You're obviously raised the right way by your parents, who seem to have the perfect balance of being strict but also letting you become your own person. I can't imagine they would deal with a lot of nonsense from you. Do you talk trash on the basketball court? Uh, I, 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 when I first came back, actually, um, I, I was doing it a little bit my first game back against Tilly, but um, co- coaches told me they wanted me to calm down, just act like I've been there before. So I tried calming down, but every once in a while, I might get that that look in my eyes because I, I was I was growing up, I was just always taught to have that dog in me. So sometimes it comes out, and I just I just lose it a little bit, but not right. not not in the way. Where it's overwhelming. No, but if, if a guy is on you and you just raise up and hit like an NBA three on him, what do you say to him on the way back down the court? Give me a line that you've said to somebody. What do you say? Uh, get a hand up. <laughs> get a hand up. You're giving him tips. That's your trash talk. As you give him tips, I like that. Trying to coach him, teach him how to defend me better. I need. I like competition, man. <laughs> I love it. All right. So clearly when you committed to Indiana, that was the result of feeling good about the situation, feeling good about the school and feeling really good about the coaches. You obviously built somewhat of a relationship with Archie Miller and Tom Ostrom. I I believe were were kind of your point people. Um, Were you tracking after you committed? Because you committed to them, I think, right at the beginning of their last season. Were you tracking that whole story throughout the year and and nervous about what might happen to these coaches that that you just committed to or w- what was that like for you when when all that controversy was going on 
Um, so but when all that controversy was going on, um, I, I, I was just going to stay committed to them, even with the new coach coming in, because I didn't know who was going to come in. And just basically play my cards once once we find out who the new head coach is. But um, I, I still I still have none but respect and love for for Archie and Ostrom. Um, and I, I feel like he's going to do good things uh, where he's coaching at now. But um, I I agree. I am curious because we don't get to talk about this kind of dynamic happening. But clearly, you know, building a relationship with a coach with a coach is a big deal, and the coach puts a lot of time into it, and obviously expects the player and the family that you guys put time into it. Phone calls, zooms, whatever they may be. When Archie was let go and that staff goes away, it's such a harsh thing. I mean, it's such a clean break. Do they call you? Was there any conversation with them afterwards where they, I don't know, not apologized, but basically said, hey, man, we, we wish we could have coached you. What happens in that in that world? Um, so they, we didn't really have any conversation. We just uh, came up to Coach Woody and we were glad that he came in. So uh, it, it, when they did get fired, it was definitely good to see Coach Woody come in that I wouldn't want anybody else, anybody else to coach me. This, yeah. this, this kid's media trained for I mean, this guy. He I thought he looked off saying. camera and there was a parent going to be like, no, yeah, don't, don't talk, talk about, about that. <laughs> don't answer. These uh, guys are idiots. They won't even know what you're talking about. I, I love it. We're keeping it positive. And, and give us a sense of as you're getting to to know Coach Woodson, because you 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 basically have to reaffirm that you still want to go to IU, and and I'm imagining you at least held off on that decision in, until you got to talk to Coach Woodson once or twice, and he gives you that 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 fatherly vibe. But what was it? Was it was that all it took, or did he talk to you about what kind of what kind of offense and defense he wanted to play? Did he really have to break it down, or did you just get the sense like? This guy's been in the NBA for 40 years, and I like his vibe. Let's just go. Yeah, so I, I definitely, I, I definitely fell in love with his vibe. Um, he, he definitely reassured me from the jump that I'm, a, I'm gonna be a huge factor with this team. Um, he said I kind of reminded, remind him of himself. So that's, that's all the words I need to hear. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to following his footsteps and, and even making my own footsteps in, in the future. Walk us through the first time you walked into Assembly Hall, probably when when you were being recruited, I would. Although you committed during COVID, right? Like, so that was all on Zoom. You didn't get to make the same kind of visits that that the kids typically get to make. Did you get to do a new visit when Woody and team came on and visits were were opened up? Yep, I went on my official um, after I committed back to Woody and them. I forgot when when that was, but actually I didn't even, I didn't even get to walk in assembly hall cause they were, they were building the floor when I went on my official visit. So oh. yeah, my first, my first time really, really uh, experiencing the atmosphere and taking everything in was Hoosier hysteria. And it was just, I knew it was locked in from there. Just the love from the, from the people in the crowd out there. It's, it's amazing. I can't wait to, for that to feed on me. I do wonder being raised in a Duke household. <laughs> I'm sure it's pretty easy for you to hate Kentucky, but we want to make sure you hate Kentucky. Is that that correct? Yeah, my my mom my mom's not the biggest biggest Tar Heel fan, but okay. my my, oh. my granddad my granddad's from North Carolina, so we have we have kind of kind of that back and forth sometimes. Oh wait, you're talking about the Tar Heels, which I get as the Duke thing, but Duke and Kentucky have a bit of a history too. But but now that you're all Hoosiers, including your mom, yeah. we want to make sure that the prerequisite hate for Kentucky is there. And, of course, 
Purdue. You now hate Purdue, correct? Definitely. It's hate, hate for all the teams. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm come, come after all of them once I get down there. I love it. Hate for all the teams. Hate that's for all the teams. That's what we're talking that, about. That, that's, that's my mantra for life. <laughs> um, wh- uh, who are the guys on the team right now that you've kind of been able to build a little bit of a relationship with in, in your senior year of high school? Um, obviously, I built a relationship with some of the guys that left, but some of the guys are still there. Like, um, I'm re- really close with Trey and um, Scoop and, and, and JG. So when I went on my official, those are the guys I mostly hung out with and and it, just chopping it up with them, getting to know them, and, and they just gave me great, gave me a great vibe. Do they let you in on stuff that is happening within the team? Like, do you feel like you're part of the team as a recruit that's committed there, or do you still feel like I'm getting to know them, but I'm still on the outside? I'm not quite part of the brotherhood yet. Yeah, I, I try, I try not to get too deep in it, especially with me not being down there yet. But I just try to be encouraging with the guys and let them know that that even though I'm not down there, I still have their back in. And I want them to, and I want them to do their best. But I just try during the season. I have my own stuff to focus on, so I just try to try to focus on that. Do you do you play video games with them online? I I, I don't play the game. I don't play the game that much. I try to stay. It's, it's a waste of time and money. God, this kid, this guy yeah. is yeah. unbelievable. By the way, you said you're a sneak. You're you're into sneakers. Are you a sneakerhead? Definitely. Yeah, I, I think I have around like forty shoes right now. Lift up. Let's see what you're rocking right now. Put it up on the camera. In the house, but I, just, I just got on my Crocs right now. Oh, Crocs. just the Crocs. Okay. What's your favorite pair? What's your favorite pair of sneakers you own? Mm-hmm. Uh, my Jordan 14s. I, I think I have like six pairs of 14s, but. Wow. And my... what's the one pair of shoes you want more than anything? One pair of shoes. I think the Bread Force. Bread Force. It's just hard to get onto. And even when you get onto it, it's like, like $500. So it's. I gotta get my 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 money up before I make that purchase. <laughs> <laughs> now you you talk about your leadership qualities. You're developing those with young children, with your teammates, and this shoe this shoe obsession. Do you see yourself leading the entire team into Scott Dolson's office and saying, "We need to get with Nike. We gotta drop Adidas. Let's go." Because like that's gonna help with recruiting, is it not? I, th- I think it is sometimes, but I, I love I love both. Uh, I play with Nike. I, I play with Nike with uh, Indy Heat for Peace Jam, so I have a ton of Nike shoes that I can't wear next year. So it's it's it's, it's a disappointment, but I but I love Adidas too, man. Why? You know, if we're gonna do Adidas, we should talk to Kanye and at least wear like Yeezys. It's a free Yeezy, so right? Like, so like hey, that's let's have, let's have him perform at uh, Hoosier Hysteria. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, that would be good. What could possibly go wrong? Not, yeah, <laughs> seems smooth. Uh, what's the plan for you, CJ? Uh, you're graduating uh, coming up. What? What? When's your graduation? June. Uh, I think it's June seventh. What's your GPA? Three point six. Nice. nice, very nice. All right. So you're. By the way, he knew it too right away. Not you know, just knew it. Was ready to. I like it. Uh, when do you think you'll land in Bloomington? Are you going to be there for the summer school? Uh, yeah, I think. I think we leave out for summer workouts the first week of June. So, And how excited are you? I mean, are you just ready now that your season is over? Can you just, like, count down the days to be there? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely counting down days to get there. But also, I'm just trying – trying. you only get one senior – one senior one senior year. So, I'm just trying to enjoy it with my friends, like, enjoy prom, enjoy all the memories I'm making with them and, and stuff like Wait, that. Wait, prom? You got a date to prom? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. 
Oh, look at this. Look at this. I'd, imagine, He's it out there. I'd imagine you have options. I'd imagine <laughs> right now you are sorting through your options. I, I got I got one man. I got one man. I got one man. But do you but I would imagine that's not a girlfriend. No, 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 no. No, no girlfriend. If but you had a girlfriend, she would be the one. That's why I said it's not a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. um, oh, I don't know how they roll. Well, well, they look, can have multiple girlfriends. Look, more to the point is when you leave. Bloomington, right? I remember hearing oh, all the boy. way up in Peru, Indiana, not going to be a basketball player at IU, how much fun Bloomington is. Oh, I know God, we're talking is... about academics and basketball, but when you're talking to like maybe some friends from Indy who go to school down there or the players on the team right now, do you get the sense that Bloomington is the most fun city in the world? Yeah, it definitely is, but some, some people's definitions of fun is different, so I just try to surround myself with the with the right crowd and keep myself in the in the right situations in. What's and, what's your definition? Um, just not being distracted, focusing, just focusing on your priorities and and your dream because uh, we're, I'm not we're not like everybody. You can't do every. You have to make sacrifices in order to get what you want to get. So definitely, you have to hang out around, hang out around the right crowd. Is your dad still there? Nah, it's just it's just me. It's just me. Is your dad still there? I mean, <laughs> because here's the thing. I mean. First of all, I want you to ask your dad if he's okay if I tell people that you that I've adopted you. <laughs> I just think it would make me look better if I told people you were my son in some way. <laughs> so if he's okay with that, just let me know. Shoot me a text. I would, whatever his dad says, I don't think CJ would be okay with that. <laughs> CJ doesn't get a say in this, Ward. Um, look, man, I to wrap this up first of all thank you for giving us this time we we love meeting the people that are going to wear the cream and crimson but more than that to meet somebody who already represents indiana in such a great way is remarkable for somebody of your age um when you committed to indiana it was a big deal because at that time there were some struggles for that staff on the recruiting trail and especially in the state of indiana and when you committed it felt really good to know that we could still get a really good kid and a good player from the state of Indiana and getting a kid from Indianapolis is such a huge deal for the program. When the new staff came in, I think a lot of people were worried about what that commitment was going to turn into. And the fact that they wanted you immediately and you wanted to be there. And it sounds like you almost knew you wanted to reaffirm your commitment even before they got there. Cause you wanted to be in Indiana. It meant so much to this fan base, CJ. And as you know, I'm sure, we follow every game that you're in, your box score. You come on campus, people are going to high-five you and tell you congrats. They're going to hit you up on social media after every one of your games. You mean a lot to a lot of people. And just getting to know you for these last 45 minutes, hour or so, and hearing how serious you take it, but with a really fun personality as well, I cannot wait to root for you wearing Indiana across your chest. You are the perfect prototypical guy that we need to get us back to the level that we all want to be at. So I just want to say thank you and good luck. And we're going to bother you a lot for the next four years of your life. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's, it's an honor being on, being a guest on here. For, uh, and I appreciate y'all taking the time out today. To, to, of course, uh, CJ. And I love it. Senior year of high school was such a blast. Savor every moment of that. And as soon as you get to Bloomington, 
just know that that it gets even more fun. And with your kind of fun, I think that's that that then Bloomington, if you think Bloomington's fun when they haven't made the tournament for five years, wait till guys with your attitude and your talent get in there and really get Assembly Hall rocking, the Carnegie Hall of basketball. Okay, we can't wait to see you perform in that Carnegie Hall, and it it will. The fun will be, uh, there'll be plenty to go around, and we'll get back there as often as we can to cheer you on. Hey, real quick, one more question. Mr. Basketball, State of Indiana, that's going to be announced somewhat soon, right? Yes, sir. Is that something that you care about? Do you want it? Do you, like, how, I mean, you're a finalist for it by all reports, what, where does that sit in your mind? Um, it, it's definitely something I think about on the daily. Obviously, just um, being a little kid, I, I, I was raised in Fisher, so I saw guys like Gary Her- Gary Harris at HSC, Mr. Basketball, Zach Irvin, Mr. Basketball. I just remember just all the hype around them when I when I go to their games and just knowing that right now I'm in the same predicament. It's just it's just a blessing. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to me how how time flies and how 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 time works. You know, if you don't win it, it is only because of your injury. <laughs> I, I mean, know it's true. I mean, like if you had played the full season at the stats that you delivered at the end, I mean, you didn't you hit the ground running. I, I just don't want you to be disappointed if it doesn't happen because it's because of you just missed too many games, perhaps. But I still think you should win it. Yeah, it's, a, it's something that I definitely want, but you don't you don't have to worry about my confidence or, or right. anything like that uh, decreasing well, also, I just you should also quick. know that you'll always be more beloved than Gary or Zach, because <laughs> those traitors went to other schools. True. And you're staying, so you're you're already Mr. Basketball in our hearts more than they'll ever be. Also, little piece of advice: if the vote doesn't go your way, just tell everybody the vote was rigged. That works these <laughs> that's days. That's terrible advice. No, no, that's what you do. That's the whole thing why was rigged. You're the machines, father. No. <laughs> No. no, I think that's what you do, right, Ward? No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, CJ, can't wait to root for you. Thanks so much again, buddy. Thanks for taking the time on a Sunday night. Yes, sir. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. Wow. The kid blew me away. And and I had a feeling he was going to blow me away after we spent a couple minutes with his dad. Oh, his dad was so enjoyable. He put us just at ease and he was friendly and had the self-deprecating humor, you know, right off the bat, just like, oh, present. Like, you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. present in the moment. Like, and CJ was present. He had that smile on his face from the beginning. He was happy to be here, which is crazy that anybody would be happy to talk to us. But I mean, look, we've we've just I'm going to say it again. Tamar Bates, Ja'Kai Newton, mm-hmm. Gabe Cups. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Caleb Banks interview, I think, was unfair to Caleb because we were the technical stuff was so bad, so you couldn't hear him well. Yeah. But such a good young man. And now CJ Gunn. There is a theme with these kids, you know, and we have heard, um, even though I know this, this was a kid that was recruited by Archie, it was a kid that needed to be re-recruited by this staff. They had to decide that they wanted him. And we've heard, Ward, you and I both on the podcast and off, Yasir Rosemont talked to us and Kenya talked to us about the right kids for Indiana. Yeah. A certain kind of kid that will understand that it is more than just basketball at Indiana. And all those kids I just mentioned, holy hell, man. Jalen Huchafino, sorry, throw him into that. 
this is it struck me in the first five minutes of the conversation that I went through the laundry list you just named of these young men who have tantalizing talent and athleticism and skills and okay, but are they going to reach their potential with those? Are they going to maximize the gifts they've been given? Well, yes, because you realize what kind of young men they are and the way they've been raised and the parents and the family around them, that it's like whatever talent they have to offer Indiana University, it's going to be in full effect because they've got such good heads on their shoulder. They're bright. They're engaged to your point about being present. Yes. And and they just seem to effortlessly be about the right things and to be mature beyond their years. And it does it 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 starts to fill me with that pride beyond yes. the game of basketball you it's know like, what else oh, they are oh, sorry, go ahead. Of, it, it's just like uh, i want to root for a bunch of good kids and yes i want to be in the final four with them of course but there is this next level pride of being like what a bunch of great dudes out there wearing indiana across their chest and i want to root for kids with some moxie to them you know and some sure. some some stuff to some, them and confident swagger for sure yes and you know what they all are that that list that we just went through all of them we could tell within 5 minutes on all of them leaders mm. they're all leaders you can tell i mean this kid has two jobs that's awesome that is awesome now there are also jobs that are built around basketball, which is even better because this kid seems like he is about ball. Yeah. But but Cups and Shafino and Tamar Bates and Ja'Kai Newton, who started businesses and now and now, um, you know. Fuck. <laughs> Please make a note of that. His name's CJ Gunn. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Got it. And now CJ Gunn, there is this thread of maturity and leadership that when you think about the teams of the last six years for Indiana lacked big time in those categories. Of course, the shooting too. Like you, you, you hit that pretty hard and you're right. But but it also has lacked Ward in leadership. And look, we saw a little bit this year what a little leadership would do. A little with Xavier being this competitive dog who's yeah. only been there for a year. And even Miller Cop to, to a certain degree, while, while I don't think he was as productive as everybody wanted him to be and as much as he wanted to be, there was a leadership there, a maturity that this program has not had in quite some time. And now it seems like over the next couple of years, we're going to be stocked full of it. That is a great foundation. That gets me as excited as anything. Just the personalities of these kids. It's really impressive. And the shooting is tantalizing. And we know it It takes a bit to transition from shooting well in high school to college. Hopefully he hits the ground running there. Um, but we've talked about this before, and he he hit it right on the nose. Like when we're talking about defense – and it's like, well, Rob has been an excellent defender for us, but he's like 6'1". Yes. And now we're going to have a guy 6'7", maybe pushing, or 6'6", six, six, maybe pushing 6'7". Maybe he's really 6'4". But uh, let's say he's, <laughs> let's see, he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, okay? And and with a plus wingspan, who's is just told us he can guard one through three. 
And you know, if you have X there, Jalen Hood Shafino at 6'5, if X is suddenly our smallest guard who's seeing real playing time, Trey is what, 6'4, six, 6'5? Six, By the way, X will be the shortest guard. I mean, yeah. maybe Rob's gone, Christian's gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, then it's Tamar Bates is the 6'4, six, 6'5, six, two guard who's going to get a ton of time. Yeah. You know? so, so, what, we just threw out like four or five guys who are all going to be really tall and long at one and two. That's just that our one and two and like, good luck trying to get around them with the basketball. No, I agree. It's, it's really exciting. And I just, uh, what a great kid, man. I, I, I loved his personality, his smile. I loved his focus and determination. Loved his dad. Don't love that. His mom went to Duke. Ooh. Did, but look, at least he was raised watching winning basketball. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair and hurtful all oh, at the hurts same so time. Bad. I mean, you know, we're in a really painful stretch right now with these teams going to this Final Four. I know. Well, listen, man, uh, with kids like that, the future is obviously very, very bright. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the the sometimes, sometimes why? why? And we'll hit you back next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.